It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, and yes! Touchdown, did he get it? What's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Hour number two. It's a standing up hour. Yeah, that's right. Too much sitting. I needed to stand. I saw you stand. I'm like, that's a good idea. I should stand, too. <laughs> Got to get that blood flowing. That's right. Uh, 435-339-0321. If you want to chime in here on the Full Court Press, love to get your texts, your reactions to what happened over the weekend. Utah State football with a nice win at Hawaii. Definitely a different second half than it was a first half, but the Aggies still get the win. A couple of big positives from that game. A couple of things that make you scratch your head, but a win is a win. Utah Jazz dropped a couple of games on their East Coast road trip. Uh, They're returning home to take on the Knicks. I believe that's tomorrow. Uh, Utah State men's basketball hosting Santa Clara tonight. Big game for the basketball team. And from the, uh, or hosting the West Coast Conference, Santa Clara, who's had a good year last year. Yeah, it seems Utah State is trying to join the West Coast Conference because they're playing half the teams. <laughs> I think they scheduled a bunch of home and homes because um, uh, Coach mentioned they're going to go play Bradley at Bradley next year. Said the th- same thing about Santa Clara. Going to go play Santa Clara at Santa Clara next year. So next year may be interesting because they got a bunch of home games this year. But next year might be a bunch of road games against a lot of these same teams. Yeah, you got Santa Clara, San Diego, San Francisco, all part of the West Coast Conference on their schedule this year. Yeah, they're going to San Diego, and San Francisco, I think, is a, well, neutral site game. <laughs> they're playing at Oracle Arena, I believe. or Well, the Chase Center. Chase Center. Where the uh, Golden State Warriors play in San Francisco. Yeah. So it's still in their town. It's just not in their normal arena. Which one's Oracle is where they used to play, and that was okay. Oakland. And that's why I got them confused. I still think I'm like three years behind. <laughs> I still think the Pistons played the Palace of Auburn Hills. It's <laughs> a great name. I know it's like the best name, a great name of a stadium ever. They finally got rid of it. Uh, if you want to weigh in, like I said, we'd love to get your, your texts. A couple that we didn't get to uh, last hour. Um, let's see, two three zero five text in. Uh, regarding the radio sound that we can't get very well here in Cache Valley, maybe the athletic department ought to put up a new translator to get a better signal in here if we're going to stay on the Salt Lake stations. They should pay for it. Yeah, right now the solution is that, well, 1280 just doesn't get up here, and so they just use the student station or expect you to stream it online. And just a little background of how radio works. It's not like somebody can just decide to put on a, a signal or turn on a translator it's not like you can just go get one and turn it on there's a lot of red tape with the fcc they have to make one available then you have to apply for it and other people may be bidding on it so it's not like you can just go to the top of a hill somewhere and turn one on it's it's unfortunately not that simple yeah used to be (laughs) uh not really it's it's always been kind of complicated but 
Yeah, well, but not as simple as as what's as, being. If you go back here. far enough, it used to well, be that simple. <laughs> yeah, That's far, what I was saying. Far enough back, yes, that's probably true. But yeah, for the longest time now, it's 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 a process. Yeah, they they control that radio spectrum, and yeah, uh, two six zero three. Uh, it seems that this coaching staff struggles to be willing to make changes, as in starting one player over another, i.e., the quarterback position and safety with Ike Larson. Another good example is the running back position, though not as good as an example. Point being, the staff seems to struggle to uh, mid-game or mid-season adjust and make decisions. Seems injuries or issues force them to make the change, and then it proves that they should have made that player change a while ago. Yeah, it is interesting that this team seems very, or the coaching staff does seem very um, loyal to veterans, almost to a fault. Um, I did maintain that I was I generally supported Bonner staying in. Um, Cooper's played well, um, but I think there's been improvements to the offense that, in his running ability, has helped. So, like in the end, Cooper playing has I think helped more. But I wasn't as big on benching Bonner as most people were, and even retroactively, I don't think that was a bad take on my part. Um, because the offensive the passing offense hasn't improved that much. Um, I have been vocal the entire season that I think Robert Briggs should be playing more. So that's one area where I've probably been more so than other people where I think Robert Briggs really just should be the starting running back. And Ike Larson, maybe I'm not entirely sure him versus Gervin Hall. I don't spend as much time watching the secondary partly because I can only do that for like half the games because on the TV broadcast, they never show the safeties. Right, they'll give you an all twenty-two view. Yeah, so it's hard to get a day in, a down in, down out view of how the safeties are really doing. But yeah, I, I think there is a point there when you see how many different examples there are of the coach going to veterans. But it's not always the case because they did start Waylon Lapuaho at right guard. Granted, he they switch in uh, uh, Pule. But they still start Lapuaho. So it's not a perfect example, but there's at least some evidence to support that argument. With the running back situation, I mean, Calvin Tyler put 113 on Hawaii, Briggs, 12. Now, granted, Calvin Tyler had 25 carries compared to Robert Briggs's six, but Calvin Tyler was very effective in running the ball for Utah State. And, this and he's way, had a number of, of games. What, is this, was that his sixth or his seventh where he's rushed for over 100 yards? Um, I wrote it down, and I've, it's, I don't think it's that many. I think it's like I think five. Maybe, five. Maybe it's five or six. I'm pretty sure it's five. I will confirm that in about five seconds. Um, yeah, five. Um, and so Tyler's performance is why I haven't been as vocal about Briggs playing more because he's been good enough. And if you're playing good enough, if you're able to put five 100-yard seasons, and in the end, Calvin Tyler's well on his way um, to getting 1,000 yards in the season. It's possible it doesn't happen because he needs 140-ish yards, um, almost 150 yards, in what's going to be two pretty difficult games. So it's very possible he doesn't get to 1,000 yards, but he'll be on the doorstep of it. And in that case, I'm not all that upset about it. A guy averaging 4.5 yards per carry. Can't really complain about that. 
But Robert Briggs is averaging more yards per carry. He's at like 4.8. And there's been a lot of games where he's looked like the better runner, where he's just played better. And so that's why I've been talking about Briggs over Tyler because, well, I just think he's the better running back. Um, but since Tyler's doing well enough, I haven't complained a ton. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that you can make too many other arguments about other positions. Uh, I don't know that there's like a young wide receiver that's demanding more opportunities or more looks. Um, maybe it, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's pretty much you're, by large degree, this coaching staff is trying to find the best players and the positions. There are a few that, that are glaring that it's, um, you know, they were maybe a little bit too loyal to the quarterback position. We all agree on that. But beyond that, they've mixed in a lot of other players. And they've had to go young. Yeah, they, they've You had... see a lot of young players getting time over other guys and, uh, and partially because of out of necessity. Yeah, and they've gone young, and maybe Anderson just wants to have at least some veterans out there. Um, the way he's talked about how many young players he's had, it's almost, it's almost like remembering hearing Ty Corbin talk about young guys where everything's always young guys' fault, which there is a lot of merit to that because young guys usually do make mistakes. That He's probably wanted at least some veteran presence where you look at a Bonner. His leadership was incredibly valuable. Gervin Hall, he's a guy who's been around the block. Um and Calvin Tyler, he's been around for a while. So, Hunter Reynolds. Th- yeah. yeah. There, and there's a well, Hunter Reynolds. Is, he, there's a reason he's still starting. A lot of it has to do with how good he is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the veteran, you know, ability and experience has value. Maybe that's one area where Tyler has an advantage over Briggs. Is, you know, maybe there's a play that Calvin Tyler is able to make because he's experienced and can read defenses, whereas Briggs maybe he runs into the back of his own lineman. Who knows? Well, and Tyler also uh, had uh, three catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. So versatility, besides just being able to run the ball, can you catch the ball out of the backfield? Yeah. He's got that experience. And he he picked up a key block earlier, too. Yeah, and that's one area where Briggs might hurt him a little bit because he's all 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, Doesn't lend you much to uh, blocking those 6'3", 280 defensive linemen. <laughs> defensive ends. Uh, getting to uh, your texts here on the Full Court Press text line. Uh, let's see. Getting to 8968. Uh, Aggies didn't get beat by Weber. They flat out got embarrassed. No excuses that hold water. Yeah, I went, went on my rant about that. Yeah, that's very true. Also, do you think a letter-writing campaign to the AD and school president would help this mess that has been made with the game feeds? Maybe if you're a donor and you send a letter... But it wouldn't hurt. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I don't know if it'll work or not, but it it would uh, it wouldn't hurt. Like you said, I don't know how much they really listen to fans at the grassroots level. They should listen. They listen to donors and they listen to their own pocketbook. And I said this before, you know, like it from a fan's perspective, and even when you're talking from a media perspective, like you'd think that the schools, you know should listen to fans and the community, but in reality, they're not. Well, I mean, it's incredibly embarrassing when you're in the fourth quarter, it's 
close game, and they dump out of your broadcast to go to do a post game for somebody at some other school. Yeah. yeah wow. Uh, 6543 texting in. Uh, so was that game played on Hawaii's practice facility field? What is the status of the Aloha Stadium? Have they torn it down yet? Is it already down or is it? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know if they... Because this is the second season on this field. Um, or is it their third? Funny thing is, I think it's their third. Funny I think thing they moved is, there in 20. thing is, when I Googled here. Hawaii's football stadium, it still popped up as Aloha Stadium. That's what it said. <laughs> and then I was like... <laughs> That ain't right. No, that ain't right. So it's uh, it, it was basically a, a field used for like track and field, and they put up some temporary bleachers, and then they expanded it and added more. Um, yeah, they they moved there in 2020 because I remember they were very restrictive on how many people they would could even attend the game because of COVID, and space them out. Um, they've uh, but when it's like right close to actually where campus really is. And so there's been some growing support that it be their permanent new location. They need to do some things there because it's a small uh, arena, not many seats. Yeah, that, that size of stadium is the thing that's going to get you kicked out of the Mountain West. Like, yes. you got to build a stadium. Yeah. Uh, so it's they feel like they've had a lot better student attendance to these games. But you're right. It does restrict how many people can actually be there. And there's a couple other logistical things that are not great about it. But um, there was supposed to be some beautiful new stadium built, part of an entertainment district. But uh, I I can't tell you what the current status is of that. They should get on that because there's a lot of beautiful things you can build and have with that Hawaii football program. But right now they're not doing anything. (laughs) Uh, 2603. Uh, texting in for the record on the running back position i meant playing kona earlier uh over briggs i like tyler and briggs together okay i I think that makes sense i think just in fall camp makakone looked better than briggs he he did you're absolutely right he looked good in those scrimmages that's why i thought like we were initially thinking maybe um oh the transfer from fresno state was going to be he kind of came in late we thought maybe he'd come Uh, in and be the backup yeah but then Makakone was in on the scrimmages. It's like, okay, Makakone is the backup. And against UConn, Makakone got the first backup running back snap. He fumbled it. Then Briggs had an 80-yard game in that one. They tried to go with Makakone. And then this is actually an example where they've gone with youth over experience. Yeah. Because Briggs earned that backup running job over Makakone. They did wait a few weeks. You didn't want to overreact to that. But they had Makakona, and there's the backup, and Briggs stole it away with performance. I thought Briggs was good enough to take the starting job from Tyler or at least earn a bigger share where they've gone with Tyler as a bell cow back. I thought maybe actually split it between Tyler and Briggs. They haven't done that. But still, the fact that Briggs earned that backup job is at least you know further than the cap of these guys are really trying to find out who is the best. Right, and, and re- rewarding those who are uh, performing. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a great example of that. Uh, Nine three one five. I thought the coaches said last year that they want the running back by committee so they don't get tired. Yeah, I have very vocally called absolute bullcrap yeah. on their preseason notion of we will have multiple running backs when I give a bell cow back. Yeah, bullcrap. <laughs> it was Coach Tucker said it to my face that it will be a by committee position and. <laughs> 
really hasn't been the case. I mean, yeah, there's it's not just Calvin Tyler, but he does get the vast majority of touches, and he's he's had a pretty decent year. Yeah, he's had a good year, like I said. Has a chance to get 1,000 rushing yards in the season, which hasn't been done since 2018. Um, so, he's been good. Yeah. Uh, 2305, texting in, do we know how much monetarily the athletic benefits from having it on the radio in Salt Lake City? Uh, I have no idea. Those those numbers are not shared with us. Certainly some, because they're paying for it. Yeah. They're paying for the rights, but... Yeah, couldn't tell you. I uh, would love to get to more of your reactions to the, the football game on Saturday night that carried over into Sunday morning. Uh, Utah State with the win over Hawaii. Ike Larson recognizes the Defensive Player of the Week and also the Freshman of the Week, and uh, deservedly so. He had, he had a big game. He was second on the team in tackles. He had six tackles. Uh, he, had a, he was credited with a sack because he came around, was applying pressure to, to Shager, and he just threw it into the ground. Well, he, he tried to throw it forward, but it didn't pass the line of scrimmage, so it's considered um, intentional, intentional grounding. grounding. And so it was a loss of, of uh, downs, and Ike Larson got credited with the sack. Plus, he got an interception return for a touchdown. Um, and so uh, he had the two TFLs. Like, it, was, it was a solid, solid performance for Ike Larson. Yeah, I guess yourself like, I think five of those tackles were solo tackles. The two TFLs, one of those being a sack, two interceptions. Have a day. Yes. <laughs> and a couple of trophies. Yes. So he he had himself a, a day. Um, but uh, it was it was a game where it was the Utah State secondary that led the team in tackles, and that's not usually a great thing. No, it's not. And Hunter Reynolds, Ike Larson, Michael Onwanyu, those were your leading tacklers on the day for Utah State. A lot of it had to do with the fact they were passing really well and completing passes, which ends up with more. And then, obviously, the run game getting to the second level happened a lot. So your safeties and corners are making tackles, which you don't want them to be, but they were. (laughs) Now, um, Coach Anderson today said things are looking good for MJ Tafisi. He traveled with the team to Hawaii. He he wants to play. He's wanting to play for like two weeks. Now. <laughs> yeah, but the doctors are being cautious, and there seem to be some positive signs that he might be available Saturday night. But again, it's kind of a to be determined. Yeah, it's a the next shoulder deal is what he said. So you be super careful those because isn't you know concussions are bad enough where you want to be careful. Neck and shoulder is you know permanent loss of motor function if you screw that up. So, yes, you got to be careful with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, Cooper Lega kind of talked a little bit about that to some degree, too, where he talked about uh, the struggles of missing the game, having to sit out the game at Wyoming, where his body felt good and felt like he could go out there and make plays to help his team. But you have to be careful with with your brain and uh, you, you don't. You don't take those injuries lightly. Yeah, there's there's some injuries you just don't take lightly. You know, sometimes you can push it if your ankle's a little sore. You can push that. Put a brace on it. You usually don't want to push any injury it really, too it's far. It's about pain management more but than Yeah, anything. there are some where it is just about pain. You know, a wrist, an ankle, as long as there's no structural damage. But, yeah, if you're dealing with, you know, the vital, you know, junctions of your body or your brain, 
don't mess around. No. There are things more important than football. And you being able to function beyond the age of 30 is one of those things <laughs> that's more important. That's, that's true. Uh, 2305 texting in, I hate to push the point too far, but isn't Utah State a state-run university with public information available? That's why I was asking about the benefits that the athletic department gets. That here's, is actually something you can find out. Well, here's the, here's the thing. They uh, sell the, their rights to Learfield, and Learfield, as a third party, negotiates all of that. Yeah. So, and that is not subject to grandma requests because it's a private institution making private deals and, and yeah. So it's, well, uh, it's the you university could, could tell you like what their deal is with Learfield. Yeah. But Learfield is under no obligation to tell you what their deals are on the side. Yeah. Well, that's what I say. You can find out how, cause Utah state doesn't benefit from whatever Learfield does. You'd find out what Learfield paid for that. Yes. And then that's what they can find out. Now, Learfield will put up a fuss about it because Maverick, Maverick put up a fuss about when they bought the, the stadium rights. Yeah. They didn't want to release how much they paid for that, um, which is not very much, by the way. No. When you look at the, how long the term is and the installments on it, it's you're only asking like every, every Maverick store in this region to kick in a couple bucks here and there, and it's really not that much. Yeah, so they that's that's one reason why I've not been very pleased with that retroactively is when I find out how little money they're paying for that. Um, so yeah, you you could find out how much Utah State sells. Uh, so you could honestly, if you we could we could probably put that in, because um, technically we can get a usually they uh do a fee for that, but um, well, media can get a waiver yeah. for that fee. Yeah. But as a person, so they'll just you, tell you what their flat rate is to the university and how it scales year over year. But basically, they're just writing a check to the university, and then they're going out and getting everything else. Yeah, so you can see what the university directly benefits at the moment. Learfield obviously will then go on and, and figure that out themselves. But so that is that is something you can put a grammar request in for for Utah State. Uh, Seven nine nine four. Regarding the radio, didn't know this was going to be a big topic today. Uh, regarding the radio, I agree that the broadcast signal is horrible. However, game attendance for basketball and football hasn't really changed. Seems like little impact on fans. However, I know it will. I will take heat for this, but the play by the play calling is better. I like Al for his interviews, but I never liked his play calling. Hmm. Uh, personal preference. Yeah, but it, you know what? Um, uh, you know, attendance is more a function, I believe, of the the team and how it's performing than the radio broadcast. But uh, I do think that you know, there are a lot of fans of their favorite team who it's, it's hard for them to follow what's going on with their team. Yeah, because not every game is on TV still, or there can be difficult streaming. They haven't figured it out, or it's hard for them to figure out exactly where to stream it. So they they don't want to go to every single game, and obviously there's a lot of road games. So radio is a good option, especially if you're, you know, working or doing something, or you you're trying you're doing something you don't can't watch TV. So you listen to the game while you're doing whatever. Right. Um, and that's what radio functions at nowadays. It being kind of a secondary medium, but it's still relevant. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know we've we've tried to do what we can to fill in some of those gaps with the pre and the post and what we do here, but you know, the game itself, I know it's really hard for a lot of fans to to follow along. Uh, that's unfortunate. 
especially when the other channel cuts out and doesn't care to finish the broadcast. Yeah, that's, they, that's really the, the channel that's carrying the game doesn't care <laughs> they about don't the even game. Care. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. We'll shift and uh, talk about some basketball. Utah State with a nice win Friday night over Bradley, and another tough competition tonight against Santa Clara. What do we know about them? Uh, big matchup tonight in the Spectrum, and uh, Utah Jazz. Well, a couple of tough losses on the road. Uh, competitive, but kind of let some games get away from them. So we'll talk about that coming up next on the Full Court Press. We're heading into some crazy weather this winter, which means power outages. Tyler and his team at Golden Spike Electric can install a Generac automatic standby generator for your home so you can avoid issues when the power goes out. If you have one already, Golden Spike Electric can maintain your Generac automatic standby generator for you. Find them online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. Golden Spike Electric and Generac automatic standby generators. Power you can count on. Do you have a broken appliance? Save money and repair your appliance with Daryl's today. Maybe you'll decide you need to purchase new. If so, you can apply up to $95 of your service call toward an appliance purchase. We reduce the risk when you choose Daryl's. It's a unique deal only we can offer you. See our store for details. Daryl's Appliance Service and Sales West on Airport Road. Open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. Prodigy Brewing has so much appreciation and gratitude for the warm embrace Cache Valley has given us. We want to invite you to join us for Sunday brunch from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Our Sunday-only brunch menu features sweet and savory options such as chorro French toast, chilaquiles, fried chicken egg sandwich, and a Bloody Mary bar. You also won't want to miss our hash browns. Whether you are out with the family or friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley. Open seven days a week, located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. Winter is upon us, which is the best reason to have a clean and healthy home. This is Daryl with ChemDrive Northern Utah. Let us come and make your carpets, rugs and upholstery and hardwood as clean as it can be. Platinum certified with the Carpet and Rug Institute and Indoor Air Quality Association. ChemDrive's hot carbonation and quick dry times will leave your homes healthy and ready to combat the cold and flu season. We're a company that you can trust. Call ChemDrive of Northern Utah. ChemDrive of Northern Utah. ChemDrive of Northern Utah. Which local high schools do you follow and support? Find your favorite high school logoed items at the Locker 42 North store. Yes, Locker 42 North has high school logoed hoodies, t-shirts, blankets, and more. Green Canyon, Mountain Crest, Logan, Ridgeline, and Skyview can all find their high school logos on apparel at Locker 42 North. And high school logoed items make great Christmas gifts. Logoed items from all your favorite high schools exclusively at the Locker 42 North store, 1430 North Main, next to Little Caesars. The Full Court Press. On Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Mountain West Motors' selection of trucks and SUVs has been specially customized for your next adventure. Whether that's hauling trailers or hauling kids or just having fun up in the mountains, go check out the selection of vehicles they have on their lot today at Mountain West Motor at 615 North Main, or you can check it out online from the comfort of your home at mwmotor.com. So Utah State men's basketball hosting Santa Clara tonight. Uh, They played Bradley on uh, on Friday night. And before we preview uh, tonight's matchup, 
just kind of some of the reactions to that game um, over the weekend with uh, what happened on Friday with uh, uh, with Utah State and their um, you know, their their win over Bradley. Sorry, I didn't see your you were trying to show me something. There. Oh no, it's just. Uh... Yeah, I'll get get to it in a second. I wasn't paying attention to what you were saying because I was trying to show it to you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, the uh, Utah State men's basketball win over Bradley. Good win for Utah State. Yeah, it was good. It's a good opponent. Um, you know, Utah, both their opponents this year, looked like they're probably going to finish in the top 150 of the Ken Palm. So they're good opponents, and you beat them by, I think, 22 in the end. It's a good victory either way. Yeah, uh, really impressed. Uh, certainly, you know, Stephen Ashworth and how he played off the bench. You know, big contributions for Utah State in their guard line, um, and um, kind of you know, different scorers than what we saw in the opener. Um, and how Utah State was able to uh, get the ball moving in different ways. Z Hamoda had a big game for USU off the bench, and um, and uh, you know with with thir- or excuse me, fifteen. And uh, four, so 15 points, four boards, two assists, one steal, two blocks. So impressive performance with Z Hamoda. And uh, also, you know, Dan Akin, 10 points, 11 boards. He had a double-double. Um, you know, six assists from Ashworth to go along with his 28 points. So a lot of scoring coming off the bench for Utah State. And uh, you only one starter in double figures, and that was Funk with 13 points, eight boards, but also two steals and three blocks. So, again, just illustrates some of his versatility and things that he can do on the court and really the versatility of this uh, of this roster and how it's made up and how it's coming together uh, for Utah State. So uh, impressive to see you know, how they're doing. Uh, they got another a key matchup tonight with uh, Santa Clara in town. This is a, an interesting team from the West Coast Conference. Uh, a team that uh, played pretty well last year uh, in the West Coast, but a team that's already so far this year kind of a similar output, uh, scoring about the same level at U- as Utah State, giving up maybe a few more points than the Aggies uh, in their couple of games, but um, still a nice uh, couple of wins for USU. And that, remember, pregame coverage for us on our sister station starting at 6 o'clock tonight with Al Lewis, Jalen Moore. With the KVNU game day, and tip-off will be at 7. Another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. When we come back, let's preview some Ridgeline High School basketball. Head coach Kyle Day joining us here in studio. That's coming up next on the Full Court Press. Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available, and now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI and online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. 
Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker, and... Coach Kyle Day, also in studio, talking the uh, high school basketball is just around the corner. High school basketball season getting underway around Thanksgiving. Some schools do play before Thanksgiving, some play after. But uh, appreciate Coach Kyle Day making the trip down here to the studios to tell us about your team. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so just tell us a little bit about you know, you know what your team's looking like this year, the roster, and you know, like yeah. What's it look like? What players you're expecting, you know, have big impacts this year? Sure. Um, yeah, you know, last year we graduated eight seniors, which is a lot. Uh, it's a really big class in basketball. Uh, and they are guys who had a ton of success and played for a lot of years. Caden uh, Cox and Peyton Knowles were three-year starters for us. And, and so this year uh, we're bringing in guys that uh, are new faces to the varsity court, right? In games that we won by a lot of points, they got minutes, right? But in, in games where... They were maybe closer. Uh, they didn't get a lot of minutes. So we're playing guys with a little experience that way, but a lot of talent. And so I'm really excited about them. Uh, the guys that, you're, that you'll see a lot of, we've got um, four seniors on this year's group. Um, uh, Luke Sorensen is a big guy for us, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 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 really hyper-athletic. Um, Grady Workman is a hyper-athlete at the guard position, uh, playing the playing – you really could play one, two, or three for us. Really bouncy, really long kid. And then um, Zach Skinner, uh, really heady, understands the game really well, understands where he's supposed to be, can play multiple spots for us. And Creighton Jenks, who uh, can be a sniper for us coming in and, and hitting shots. And then really we'll be, we'll be anchored as well by some juniors that'll, that'll matter a lot for us. Um, uh, Carson Cox, he's the one that got some minutes last year for us, um, especially in region and in the state tournament. He was he was one of our better players for the team, and um, he's grown a little bit. Um, you know, Caden, his older brother, is probably jealous of his size all the time, right, for <laughs> both quarterback and basketball. But uh, Carson's about 6'5 now and, and just really doing uh, good things on the court. And we just got him off a, a, a successful football campaign, and um, we're excited to have him out there. And then uh, a couple new faces, uh, Jagger Frankham, really big big boy, big body, lots of skill. And then Cam Blotter um, really doing some things for us as well as a couple other juniors that could get in the mix and, and kind of help us out. So, You had already mentioned uh, football, mm-hmm. and uh, we've known this has been – a bit of a challenge for you in the past, right. where the football team has had a run of success where they go deep right. in the uh, in the football season, and that can kind of cross over with when you're trying to do tryouts, put your team together. Uh, that football season officially ended right before you started doing tryouts and everything yeah. else. But still, what's is there some challenges with having some guys that are 
training for football, and then all of a sudden they have to flip that switch and be in a basketball mode? Uh, there definitely is, but truthfully, I'd, I'd almost rather have that um, than have no football guys. I, I like having football guys. Last year we had eight varsity football guys that won a state title that came over, and they brought that expertise and that help and that competitiveness to our team, right, which was awesome. And there is a trade-off, right? Shape is different, right? Basketball shape, football shape. It's always fun to see the football guys run the first time they have to actually get out and run because uh, they, they start leaning over a garbage can someplace, right? And so it's, you know, it gets a little <laughs> bit intense for them. But really, this year's unique. Uh, Carson's really our only football guy that factors in at the varsity level at a high level. So kind of unique that way. We actually got a lot of run in this year with the guys uh, in the fall, uh, which is some of the schools get to do a lot of but kind of different approach for us this year but i i like the football guys coming it is a challenge at times but but i like it and this year we got lucky we didn't miss any of the of tryouts or anything like that so yeah it's kind of staying on on football i'm just kind of curious like is is there a notable difference you see in terms of um like a football player playing basketball versus maybe someone who's you know only basketball i mean we've talked about maybe football shape versus basketball shape are there other you know, maybe yeah. playing style differences? Sure, there can be, right? It depends on the kid. I mean, a kid like Caden Cox, for example, or Carson, they're, they're high-skill players, right? So coming over from football, um, they're not what you think of as when you think football kid on the basketball court, right? They're, they're hitting shots. They're handling the ball well. They do a lot of really good things. But there are football guys that come over. If you think like Noah White from last year, terrific running back, right? Outstanding, going to be at, up at, on campus after he returns home from a mission. And um, awesome. And then in practice, right, there's a physicality that he brings that's a different level um, and he does have a, a different challenge right transitioning over uh, back into basketball but um, that can be the case I, I wish we had a little bit more of that this year actually I think that's one element that we might regret a little bit and, and miss out on um, sometimes you have a lot of football guys sometimes you don't and this year's one of those that we don't but but I like I love the physicality that they bring when they come over Talking to Kyle Day, head coach for the Ridgeline Riverhawks basketball team in the your, your non-region schedule. Mm -hmm. It's always kind of interesting to talk to coaches about their philosophy of, of putting that together, teams that they play, tournaments they participate in. What's it look like this year for Ridgeline? You know, we I've always had this philosophy, and I think we've had this even when I, when I was the JV coach at Ridgeline, of we want to play – uh, some really good teams as, as long as we can and even if that means we might take a couple losses in the preseason playing big schools so this year for example we start with Tooele at home um, bigger school than us they usually um, aren't competing at a super high level um, but they've got some athletes that come through occasionally but really once we get into our home region schedule we bring in uh, Fremont, who's probably one of the best teams in Region 1 in 6A. We bring in Bingham, who's perennially what wins Region 3 in 6A. And we bring in Woods Cross, who was in the uh, who was the runner-up in 5A last year. And will be one of the contenders in, I think it's Region, uh, shoot, I lose track of them. I think it's Region 5 in 5A. Um, and we have all those. We play Timpanogos on the road. We play Juan Diego on the road. We play Springville on the road. And that's, my philosophy is, you only get better in the games where you're really getting challenged, right? And we want to win all of them that we can go out and play. But I would much rather play a really challenging schedule and come up with a loss or two and learn out of it um, than one where we don't get challenged quite the same. So that's my philosophy. And and we do go to St. George for a north-south, and that's always fun because that's who we play in the state tournament. So, 
Just as a follow-up, do yeah. you factor, do you think about RPI when you're putting your schedule together? You know, I, I, I do and I don't. Uh, I guess that's a weird way to say that, right? Sometimes I, I do. Like the, the biggest pressure is we want to, we have to be, we have to hit the ground running, right? In the past, it, it didn't matter, right? Region was what mattered. And so if you, you could go theoretically 0-11 and, and then go 10-0 and in region, you're still a one seed. Now that's not the case, right? You have to win some games. In fact, a, a couple of years ago, Caden Cox had a broken ankle, and we started off a little rough. We, I think we were 4-7 and seven at one point. We ended up with the seven seed on RPI, but um, I think most people would tell you we were one of the three or four best teams in 4A that year, and we end up in the semifinals kind of anyways. And so... RPA matters, uh, but at the end of the day, if you're playing the best basketball you can play by a state tournament, I think then it kind of goes out the window. So, so I was looking at it, saying you were first in Region 11, I think, two or three years in a row. Uh, yeah, three, we we, three years? we split it with Skyview three years ago, and then we've won in the past two. Yeah. So obviously, pretty much none of the players from those rosters are back. Maybe a couple, but you feel like there's pressure on the team that guys continue continue that success, even though it's not them who are on some of those successful teams that kind of graduated at this point. You know, it's interesting the way that we work it in, with, with our team, and not every team does it, is we practice basically our sophomore team through our varsity together. So even though those guys weren't on the court all the time, they were in the practice. And they and so that culture that we try to develop, uh, that winning um, culture, and we really take a lot of pride in what we've done in the region in the past three years. Um, I think altogether we're 27-3 and three in region in the past three years. Ironically, we've just split with Skyview each year. <laughs> each year, it's it's we win one, we lose one. Sometimes it's at home, sometimes it's on the road, right? But um, that twenty-seven and three over the past three years, the kids do feel it and recognize it. But one thing I love about this group that I have is they don't they don't really apply pressure to themselves the same way that some other groups have in the past. And so they they have this sense of, you know, yeah, there there may not be there may be some expectations, but we're just going to go out and play and we're going to hoop because we have fun and we love it. And so that's one thing I love about this group. And you talk about this region. How would you kind of assess what this region is going to look like this year based on who you know is coming back and some of the coaching that's been happening? You know, I think top to bottom, this region is getting more and more competitive all the time. Um, I think at the top, if you, I think Skyview has to be considered probably the top team in the region. They brought back, I think, Wow, five guys who were playing varsity rotation minutes last year on a team that went to the state semifinal and and they were playing great basketball. I saw them in the summer. They were playing great basketball and they they play. They have a lot of skill um, across the board and and they have guys that come in and Coach Hilliard does a good job getting those guys to play confident and come in and and fill a role. Um, so I think they have to be considered kind of the the preseason favorite no matter what. And then. On any given night, everybody else can can beat anybody, right? And and really anybody can they can go up and get Skyview if they're not careful either. And so, um, I really like what Coach Smith's doing at Mountain Crest. His kids play hard. They really they play hard and they get better all the time. When and uh, what Coach Argyle's doing at Logan, um, there were games in the summer where they were beating people by 20 points, like good teams, good 6A teams by 20 points out there. And um, they really have a, a lot of things going in the right direction. Bear River, similarly, they're getting better and better. They they started a lot of young kids last year, and they're starting to get better. So I think the what used to be kind of the, the last place in our region has gotten a lot better in, in this year. And then um, it's going to be competitive every night. It's one of the things I love about coaching up in this valley.
So this is a little bit for me because I've been out of the Region 11 basketball for a couple of years. I used to cover it a few years ago, yeah. but just tell me a little about your team, your style that you like to try and have with uh, with your kids. Sure. Um, you know, for us, I, I'm, we believe in, in really playing free and playing loose. Um, we try to coach the guys up into different things. Um, and you'll see us call sets, but not a lot of sets offensively. Um, and then defensively really is where we hang our hat. Um, last year, we're thrilled about the shot clock. Um, partly because last year we feel like there was a bunch of times that we would have got violations on people because of how we defend. And so that's really where we try to build everything off of. That stays the same even with the personnel change is we want to really get after it and guard. And if we can do that and we can guard the ball and then uh, rebound the ball and get out and run, man, then we're playing the funnest type of basketball you can play and you can get out and transition and play and really let the kids go. I guess I just want to follow up on that shot clock. Like That's obviously yeah. a new thing that's going to be – a big difference like how huge is that for high school basketball to have a shot clock you know it is big i think um there some people will tell you they'll kind of try to downplay its importance and say well kids shoot fast anyway say which is true right but i think those teams that really really uh locked down defensively will see a huge benefit from what the shot clock can do because it'll force people into bad shots right you're not going to get a lot of shot clock violations necessarily because kids are smart enough and can get a shot up but you're going to get somebody shooting a three that they didn't want to shoot or a shot off the off the bounce that they didn't want to um because of the shot clock so that's a big deal end of quarter end of game that'll matter right end of game especially right i know that we all kind of like to rag on dixie a little bit because they would pull the air out of the ball and they just make it real hard on you and and, and man, that gets hard, and it, it bit us last year, and, and it still sits with me. So I, I'm real excited for the shot clock, and and hopefully, it, you know, against Dixie, it can help us out a little bit if we get, if we get to play them. So yeah, not really an issue for you guys and how you operate things, but um, yeah, certainly we've seen some teams that, sure. that it's really going to affect them. It's total philosophy change. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I guess just the the last question for me is just um, you know, this is um, it, kind of a changing environment with. Uh, the way that you're trying to replace so many guys at a new uh, for this new roster for this upcoming year, but uh, trying to get the people still engaged and, and connected. How does that? How do you try to connect with the like the student body or the community to try to make sure people are still getting to know who your team is and what the season's going to look like for you guys? Yeah, you know, I, I think one thing the first and foremost is we are so fortunate to have guys like you guys covering us and giving us like attention right i i grew up in salt lake um and if you're at a high school in salt lake that's not named bingham for the most part you you kind of just exist right you don't really get the attention and um it's awesome that we get everybody everywhere can see our team on live streams right dave and nick come over and do our games for us and it's it's fantastic right the kids get to do those kind of post-game interviews at times and and uh, i get to try not to make myself look like an idiot on the radio <laughs> and and all that and then you know the Valley Channel comes up and does games for us. And then, you know, the Herald Journal does these wrap-ups, and I get to talk to those guys that, that make us sound pretty smart over there. And so that's the first thing that really helps. It helps a lot. We are actually having a blue-white scrimmage on Wednesday night over at Ridgeline that um, community members are, are welcome to come out to. We're, we're kind of – it was kind of a little bit of a last-second thing, so we're putting information out there, and we use we use our, our social media stuff. I've got a younger coach that I just say, hey, you're in charge of that, and he, he does a lot of cool stuff 
stuff. He puts together some videos for the kids that they really like, and he gets the word out that way. And then at school, truthfully, one of the ways that I really try to get our kids to do with stuff is um, I want to I want them to represent what we do the best way possible. And so um, I have high standards for them academically and behaviorally, um, and how they treat each other and how they treat those around them. And I think when 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 the kids at the school feel like the guys on the team are are people that they like and want to go pay attention to and want to go uh, support uh, because they're good kids and they do stuff that that really helps in, in the long run with that connection so well coach uh, thanks for coming down best of luck this upcoming season uh, as mentioned Dave Simmons, Nick Zollinger, call the full play-by-play of the Ridgeline Riverhawks on 104.5 The Ranch on our sister station, and uh, we try to get as many of those games on, streamed online on Cash Valley Daily as well so you can watch those games. But uh, best of luck this upcoming season. And uh, so the scrimmage this Wednesday? This Wednesday, and then our first real game, Twilla, next Tuesday at home. So Very good. Yeah. Well, best of luck, and thanks so Thank much, you. Coach. Appreciate it. That's, uh, again, Ryan. Uh, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan Day. Oh, I'd have a better paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Day with the uh, Ridgeline Riverhawks. Good time out and uh, more coming up on the Full Court Press. With inflation at record highs, why buy new if you can repair your current machine? Daryl's Appliances factory trained technicians spend hundreds of hours in training each year to ensure your appliance is repaired right the first time. You can have peace of mind. They offer no risk service, meaning if you want to purchase new, instead of repair, you can apply up to $95 of your service call towards an appliance purchase. See store for details. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. This is Ryan at My Mattress. My wife and I were laughing the other day because she read an article about things not to buy online. The first thing was prom dresses. Dresses advertised versus dresses delivered. Needless to say, what people thought they were getting is not what they got. It's much the same with mattresses. Almost always, buying a mattress online ends in buyers being let down. At My Mattress, we try to always exceed expectations. Lower prices than online and better beds. Only at My Mattress. Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install for Vermont casting units that include stoves, bending, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Aegis Home Health and Hospice loves helping the people they serve. Aegis is a home health and hospice organization that lives by core values of character, experience, and trust. Every day, Aegis' goal is to help you with whatever your healthcare needs are and to do it wherever you need us to. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myagis.com. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business, and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. 
The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to Full Court Press. Really appreciate Kyle Day, not Ryan Day, for joining us here in the studio, previewing the upcoming Ridgeline Riverhawks boys basketball season getting underway next week. Scrimmage, uh, open scrimmage, blue-white scrimmage, or I guess they, what would they call it? Not blue-white, probably be what? Green and blue. Well, he called it a blue-white scrimmage. He did call it a blue-white scrimmage. So, didn't he? and they wear either blue or green at home. Sometimes they wear green at home. I think it's usually that navy, or I don't know if it's navy blue or royal blue or whatever. whatever Action blue. Whatever they call it. <laughs> it is more of a navy. Yeah. It was an organization once that said uh, it was like corn gold and uh, oh, I forget what the name for the blue was, but it was something weird. I just mostly remember corn gold. Corn gold. Some of you may know what I'm talking about if you were in this organization. Uh, so anyway, that's coming up to, on Wednesday, and then their first game will be on Tuesday. Uh, a couple of texts that came through that we didn't get a chance to get to. 2305 uh, text in, uh, I know it's a personal preference, but you can mark me down for a plus for Al Lewis over the guys that are working the Aggie games now. 4446. Uh, Bring back Al. Current radio deal sucks. Lots of exclamation points. Uh, <laughs> eight nine six eight. I disagree with the one who likes Scotty G over Al Lewis. <laughs> a little bit of a. <laughs> There's been no one who prov- who does with the pride and enthusiasm Al provides. Yeah, I, I will step up to bat for a minute for Scotty G here. He does a good job. Yeah, Scott Gerard's a professional. Yeah, I know him personally. He worked here. Got his start in radio here, and uh, we worked here at the same time. Uh, so look, I know he's he's an Aggie, graduated from USU. So, so I I, I will. But I also yeah. know Al very closely. Worked more yeah. with Al than I did with Scotty. But but yeah, would anyway. would, would like Al to be able to get a chance to to do those again. Uh, but let's talk real, real quick. Just the last two minutes here. You didn't get a chance to really preview Santa Clara, and uh, you put together a preview earlier today on Cash Valley Daily. Uh, I didn't talk personnel. Anyone on this Santa Clara team that Aggie fans should really be paying a close attention to? Um, yeah, Brandon, um, not sure I can say his name properly. Um, and I don't have it written down in front of me for some reason. Uh, Podshimsky, I think. Something to that effect. Some Eastern European-looking name. Uh, right now he's averaging 32 points a game. He put up 30 in the season opener for Santa Clara. 34 in the most recent game. Not super great opponents he was doing it against, but still, you don't do that by accident. Mm. He's a kid. He's not a dynamic um, in terms of beat you off the dribble kind of guy, but that's not to say he's not dangerous because he finds ways to get open regardless. And those can be the more dangerous guys. You know, Sam Merrill, he didn't beat you off the dribble. He was still incredibly dangerous. And, uh, Brandon, he's going to be that same way where if you make a mistake and you leave him open, he'll make shots. And then later in the game, he'll be making even more difficult shots. So he's a good shooter. He gets to the free throw line. He's the guy that they have to focus on and force into bad shots. Santa Clara's two games to start the year were against uh, uh, Eastern Washington and Georgia Southern. Yeah. 
So, yeah, not not really basketball powerhouses. Of course, Utah State didn't open up against basketball powerhouses either, yeah, necessarily. Still, still good teams, But good though. teams. Yeah, quality teams. Yeah, better teams than Santa Clara played. So it'll, it'll just be interesting to see because Santa Clara's looked good in those in those games. Um, looking at advanced metrics, and I was looking at Ken Palm and Hasla metrics earlier today, and both of those, um, you know, Ken Palm predicts using whatever mathematical formula they're using. They have them at 78-69. Hasla metrics has USU winning 81-71. So Utah State, in terms of a lot of the advanced analytics, looks better on paper and should win this game by, you know, if they play well, they'll win by a similar margin probably to UVU. But obviously, this is a game Utah State can lose very easily. Yeah. So you got to play well. West Coast finished, uh, Santa Clara finished, what, third in the West Coast Conference yeah. last year? They did lose the guy to the NBA lottery, so, but the fact they got this Bajimski kid, I'm going to keep butchering his name, but so far it looks like he's kind of making up for that loss. If you want more pregame analysis, turn your radio dial over to KVNU, 610 AM or 102.1 FM. Al Lewis and Jalen Moore will preview that matchup full one hour before tip-off tonight, 7 o'clock in the Spectrum. Uh, Thanks again to Kyle Dade coming down and joining us. Thanks to you for all the texts coming in. We'll be back at it again tomorrow.